It's time to talk fantasy football. Get your squad ready for this week's action with Frank and the Purple Rain Crew. Now, live from the Fantasy Wire Studios and home of the Casual Conversation Podcast, it's the Purple Rain Fantasy Show. All right, welcome to the Purple Rain Show. Proud member of the Full-Time Fantasy Network. You're listening to the home of the Casual Conversation Fantasy Football Podcast. It's week 16 of the NFL season and championship of the fantasy season. I'm your host, Frank B. You can find me on Twitter at FantasyWireHQ, online at TheFantasyFootballWire.com, on the website. We've got all the week starts and sits, risk-reward players, fantasy pro rankings. I'll have that updated. Hoping tomorrow, if my full-time job allows, otherwise it'd be before kickoff on Thursday night, but check the site out, bookmark it. We'll have some, some good stuff in there this week. Today, for the championship edition of the podcast, I am joined by the OG, Mitch Zimmer. You can find him on Twitter, at Mitch Zimmer 2020. That is not his political running for office handle. It's just for the OG, the real fantasy godfather. So make sure you give him a follow. Mitch, how's it going today? Oh, real good, Frank. And I'm uh, real happy to be back and joining you here on the Purple Rain Show. Yes, closing out the fantasy season. I know most, I, I posted earlier, I was officially busted as of uh, Monday night. So I'm out in all of my leagues. I made it in the playoffs in a few, but you got to enjoy the ride, have fun, try new strategies, try new new things and and learn lessons along the way. This year, I think for me was, it was like all my bye, I think my bye weeks threw a wrench into my, the bench players that I had seemed to have bad matchups during the bye weeks. That kind of took me out of the running midway through. And then I just really couldn't get a, a handle on some of the lineups. You know, I try, I don't overanalyze it, but the guys I go, you know, maybe this, the stats steer you one way. Right. And then real life happens and, Hashtag because fantasy, it goes the other way. So I got I got burned a few times on that and some close matchups too. Those are always make it interesting. Exactly. Yeah, I, uh, I, fl- I, I flamed out in all my leagues. Like yourself, I'm in eight leagues. I made the playoff in four. Um, I was number one in points scored in, in two of them. And interestingly enough, I was number two in points scored in two of the leagues, I didn't even make the playoffs. So it tells you a little bit about the closeness of some of my losses yes. in some of my matchups. And uh, it, it was it, a very wonky season. Um, in the ones where I was uh, in the playoffs, I pretty much kept to a lot of the same players and they they did me very well for a while um the ones where i did not make the playoffs i had a who's who of some of the more famous injured players or total busts and i know we'll get into some busts later but i had david johnson for example in two leagues as an example and i didn't make the playoff in those leagues because he was my first round pick and another one where I didn't make the playoffs, Devontae Adams was my first round pick. And he just did not uh, give you any kind of return on investment there either. So, you know, that's the way it goes in fantasy. It was still fun. I, um, I was in the console. I'm in the consolation round of one of the leagues. 
that I didn't make the playoffs. And as you would think, I'm blowing away everybody else because it's yeah. one of the leagues. <laughs> that's one of the leagues I was number two in points scored. But yeah. interestingly enough, thanks to Jared Cook coming up small on Monday night, my opponent lost to me by less than one point. Yikes. In the, in the consolation game. So I'm in the consolation final, and what I get out of that hey. is, <laughs> yeah, I, I get my money back in that league. Oh, that's not good. Uh, yeah, so <clears throat> there is an incentive for playing in consolation. And by the way, Frank, uh, this, this is a Yahoo league, and you can set up, uh, and I know this has been a big topic the last couple of weeks on Twitter and elsewhere, you can set up, if you're a Yahoo commissioner, uh, that anybody not in the playoffs uh, can't make a roster move. Yes, mm -hmm. um, you can't. It seems that you can't do that on every one of the platforms. So if you're in the consolation round, even though you're playing for something, your roster is locked. You can you can uh, put bench players in, in your start position, and and vice so versa. It? But that's it. See, and, I can't remember uh, the settings because I did a couple a couple of the leagues that I was in this year were Yahoo. And I can't remember if that setting was in there right now. It's off the top of my head. I'm not sure. Well, I tried to see in that in that league. I have um, Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison, and I was trying to pick up Boone, but I'm locked. I can't do it. Uh, uh, but I, I so I threw somebody else in the flex. Uh, one of one of the wide receivers I have uh, available on my bench. So um, hopefully I can do better than the guy I'm playing in that one and get my money back in that league. There you go. So, yeah. Break it even. Mm -hmm. Break it exactly. even. Well, well, listen, guys, you can check out the Evolution of Fantasy Football podcast that Mitch and I had done a while back, and that's a, a really good podcast where we talked about the beginnings of fantasy football. We've both been playing a long time. Mitch, a lot longer, but the stories as we can tell them um, and how fantasy football has evolved into the product we have today. It's a pretty good podcast. We got some good stuff in there with some laughs and just tell you tell you about some of the archaic things we used to do for, for fantasy football, keeping records and stats. Oh, my God, it's, it's some good stuff. But thanks for downloading the episode today. Do me a favor. Give it a retweet on Twitter, a share, leave a review, tell a friend. And today what we're going to run down is we're going to get some injuries from this past week. We are going to profile a Twitter championship roster quick here. We'll get into starts and sits. And then we're going to dole out some fantasy awards here for week 16 at the end of the season. Just something fun to do. I know a lot of people wait after the season's long and done. But while it's fresh in our heads, we're thinking let's just put together a little quick one. Not a big giant Oscar worthy, you know, 100 player list of guys here but just the, the basics the basic stuff here fresh in your head for week 16 so let's let's run through some injuries here quick they didn't hit as hard as last week but the bucks wide receiver chris godwin was probably the biggest news of the day and for fantasy purposes he threw up five receptions for 121 yards before he went out with the injury. So he is out. He probably will not be available this week for the championship game. The Lions running back, J.D. McKissick, uh, Stinger, he exited the game, did not return. Uh, big name Vikings running back, Dalvin Cook, facing the Packers this week, Monday Nighter. He had the uh, shoulder injury. It looked pretty bad third quarter. He did not return. But this week, Coach Zimmer 
states that Cook feels good and expressed optimism that the running back will be able to play through his right shoulder injury. I'm, I'll tell you, I thought he'd be injured a lot earlier in the season or miss a few games, and he's held up quite well, toughing it out. He's playing through it. We'll see how it plays out. Madison shares this is the the time where you want to drop the dead weight from your roster, get a handcuff if needed. Madison or Boone could be the guys. And uh, Greg Olson, he stated on Monday that he had cleared the NFL's concussion protocol. So we'll see where he stands. And with him, you've got Ian Thomas as his direct handcuff. A.J. Green visited another uh, foot specialist, Dr. Robert Anderson. Not going to put championship hopes on A.J. Green, but as an injury status item, he was supposed to originally miss, I think, what was it, Mitch, like eight games right at the top of the season. Yes, he was going to come back yes. midway through, and then it was just another one, another two, another one, and nothing this year. So absolutely nothing. zero return if you drafted him at all. He fell in drafts and was a good value, knowing what we knew at the time. But, yeah, not, it doesn't look like he's going to get on the board at all this year. Ricky Seals-Jones, tight end. He was forced out of Sunday's game with a shoulder injury. Entered David Njoku. Dak Prescott playing through a little injury to his right index finger, nothing major. Josh Jacobs, uh, Gruden acknowledged Monday that he's been dealing with a shoulder injury since week seven. So he's been rolling with it. Hard time taking off his shoulder pads after the 20 to 16 loss at the Jags. Hunter Renfro, the rib injury, he's expected back against the Chargers this week. I don't know if I'd play him. He's kind of, that's a tough one. Chargers defense is like I said, they got some players back. So Renfro could be in the mix, but with a ribs, you know, designation, that's a tough one. They could play like Thielen five snaps and he's out of the game. He could play a half and out, play the whole thing. It's hard to hard to predict there. The rib injuries. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know what? I I kind of was a little bit high on Renfro at the beginning of the season. Um, but he really didn't do much. I mean, he's right now, there, he's, yeah. he's a poor, poor man's Cooper Cup or um, or Danny Amendola. He, he's kind of yes. like that. Uh, but he's not on their level yet. No. By the way, Matt, you know, Madison missed the whole uh, week 15 game. Correct. Uh, and he um, is still questionable for 16. Um, this is going to play into something we're going to talk about a little later. But if you have Cook and Madison on your roster, uh, I, I I would really think about Mike Boone. If At the very least, if you're in the championship game and need to keep that player away from your opponent that you're playing in the championship game and you have a roster spot to burn, uh, I would uh, consider doing that. Absolutely. All right. Well, with week 16, let's get into some fantasy playoff advice. So I said it last week, the, the 2018 fantasy playoff theme was like the big name guys not showing up. The 2019 theme is either injuries <laughs> or yeah. it's just like the because fantasy where the guys go the opposite way of what they're predicted to do or the statistics say they will do. So for me this week, week 16 is your championship game. I mean, you got to go with your gut. You got to do some of your best doctor prognosis on these injured players. If you've got them, you know, in your lineup, if you're going to start them, where you're going to slot them or rank them. Otherwise I think it's the same as last week. I mean, Hey, play your best matchups. Use the guys, the studs that got you to this point. 
Don't overthink it. Don't overanalyze your roster. Don't split hairs on on matchups either. I mean, use your gut, use the eye test, your your NFL IQ. But I mean, the more you take two players and just split hairs on these players, you just go down the the rabbit hole of crap and you're you're gonna lay the wrong guy anyway. So just kind of make it quick, be be sure of what you want to play and set it and forget it. That's my best advice. I try to try to do my lineups Tuesday, Wednesday, kind of right when the NFL is still fresh in my head. And I haven't had a few days to consume other people's opinions or, you know, clips on TV, whatever you see that, that can sway or, you know, make you look, hey, look over here. And the, uh, the the fantasy ADD kicks in. But that would be my best advice. What about you, Mitch? Well, absolutely. Um, you, you know, you mentioned don't overthink things. Um, if you are being cute and sit one of your studs, uh, as an example, uh, if you're playing in the championship game and you have Deshaun Watson and you've been saying, well, Watson's been inconsistent most of the year. Uh, he's had some big games. He's been uh, had some bad games. Uh, and there's Ryan Tannehill or uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick sitting on my waiver wire or on my bench. I think, you know, I'll plug Fitzmagic in for Deshaun Watson. Let me tell you this, folks. If you lose with Watson, you can hold your head high. Yes. That, that the guy you picked in the third round, fourth round maybe, you know, that you've been playing all year or most of the year, uh, you, you know, that you're, you're, pl- you're going with your stud. But if you bench a Watson type, uh, and and there are several others too that fit in that category. Um, uh, for example, um, um, Matt Ryan, another example. I mm-hmm. mean, if if you sit these guys and play it cute, and you lose, you're gonna you're gonna beat yourself up over the head. Uh, but if you put in one of these other guys like Tannehill or Fitzpatrick. And if you have no other options, you're going to probably have to do that because they're both uh, riding a hot hand right now and they're doing pretty well fantasy wise. But if you put one of those guys in there and they lay an egg and Watson has a great game against the Buccaneers, which of course is entirely possible, uh, then you're go- you're really going to, uh, feel badly the next morning. Uh, so Frank's advice is, is the same as mine. Stick to what got you there. Don't overthink it. Please. The paralysis by overanalysis is what loses a lot of fantasy championships. Absolutely. And, 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 and I can tell you this from, from experience in leagues I've been in, I can tell you that I have not lost any fantasy championships because of that, because uh, I would go riding into the sunset or riding into the championship with my studs one way or the other. Yeah. The one, the one rule I have for myself during even any game, any loss that I take, I want to be able to look at my bench and have all of the point totals be minimal, if not nothing. So I know, hey, you played your best lineup and you lost. Okay, that's straight up loss, right? You know, there's always usually one or two guys that it goes the other way and you go, damn, if I only had played him. But um, at best, if it's one or two, 
I feel a hell of a lot better about that. Like you, like you said, than going the other way and getting cute and going, damn it, I shouldn't even, why did I do that? You know, it's agonizing over the, over those plays. Oh, they're terrible. Terrible. Right. Right. And if, if, if you've been, if you've been playing with Baker made Baker Mayfield, your whole season and uh, maybe uh, Derek Carr, uh, somebody like that, or even gasp Tom Brady your whole season, and you somehow got into the championship game, and you have an opportunity instead of one of those guys, perhaps to put Fitzmagic into your lineup, that might be one of the places that I would consider it because you probably – didn't spend a lot of draft capital on one of those guys that I just mentioned, as well as you might have been streaming for most of the season if you had one of those guys on your roster. And that includes Baker Mayfield. So, uh, but if you have obviously Lamar Jackson on your roster, Deshaun Watson, uh, Russell Wilson, uh, uh, guys like that and you're in the championship game, chances are you're in the championship game because you've been riding those guys all year anyway. And good luck to you. Uh, you'll probably do quite well and sleep like a baby plugging those uh, stud players into your lineup. That's right. That's right. So that's the best advice we can give you here this week, and good luck on Sunday, Monday for the championship. I had Absolutely. a tr- yeah, I had a Twitter question here we had submitted this morning, actually, from at the Nordo. What's up, Nordo? Championship game. And he is asking Cooper Cup, Rams at Niners, or Michael Gallup, Cowboys versus Eagles. And at first blush, I said, hey, you got to go with Gallup on the matchup alone. But I had him screenshot me the roster. Thank you for doing that. And thank you for providing a beautiful screenshot. Some of these people, they, you got this like hack job of screenshots together and you can't make sense of who is where and what is bench and, but beautiful screenshot. And what a nice roster heading into the championship week. He's got Drew Brees at quarterback killed it last night. Mm -hmm. McCaffrey at the running back one, Melvin Gordon at the two, Michael Thomas, great stack there with Breeze and Thomas. Uh, right now he's got Cooper Cup slotted at wide receiver two. Austin Hooper at tight end. I had Hooper this this year, and we were killing it with Hooper shares. But, man, since that injury, I lost a couple because of his output there. Flex spot, he's got Devontae Freeman, Steelers defense, kickers and Gonzalez. We don't care about kickers. And then on the bench, we're looking at Gallup. Devin Singletary, the recently suspended Josh Gordon. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Jacob Hollister, Debo, David Njoku, and Golden Tate. I'm going to take Njoku, Tate right out of the mix. Debo, uh, even for that matter. He was a letdown this, this past week. I had him in my flex, counting on big things from him, and I lost, I think, by like four points and he would have been the difference if he had gone and got his you know eight to ten like he was averaging but yeah so for the question mitch what do you think Gallup or cup at the wide receiver two spot i i know the reason why he has cup in the uh, in the position there and Gallup on his bench because Gallup did not do anything last week right uh and you know, and, and Cup, you know, he 
if anything, if if the Rams are behind and have to throw the ball a lot, we know that they play pitch and catch a lot with Cooper Cup uh, because he is that slot guy, he's that possession guy. Uh, he, however, the last two weeks, well, the last three weeks has got into the end zone, which Gallup is not. Uh, he's had six targets, two of those three weeks and four targets. But what's interesting about what is, uh, uh what is seen in cup stats is he had six targets last week, caught all six. Mm-hmm including a touchdown four targets the week before caught all four, including a touchdown in both cases, he didn't crack 50 yards. So the question is, is cup going to get a heavier workload against the Niners this week? Will they use him or is it going to be Gallup against the Eagles porous secondary? Uh, and I am kind of leaning actually towards uh, a rebound game from Gallup. You can toss the you can toss the coin here. Yeah. I wonder where if if at all he drafted Gallup or got him on the waiver wire. And in, in Cup, I guarantee you that he got Cup in the fourth round or you know, give or take a round, but he probably drafted Cup in the fourth round, maybe even the third round in his league. So he invested uh, draft capital on Cup. It's a tough one. It's a, it's a it's a coin toss, but you know, if he's going by uh, by our advice, I think you and I might be leaning towards Gallup. Uh, do I read you correctly on that? Yeah, like you were saying with Cooper Cup and the target six of six, and you know he's catching everything that's thrown at him. That that kicks ass. If you look on Gallup's side, he's at uh, you know the Rams game was his his bad one, three targets, mm-hmm. one catch. I mean, throw it out the window, right? But prior mm-hmm. to that, um, it was ten targets for six catches against the Bears. Yards, yeah, yeah, against the Bears. Um, then he's. Before that, he's against the Bills defense, which is tough. Six targets, three receptions. Uh, before that, the Patriots. I mean, so he's had a slate of tough defenses to go up against. And I he still came out nine point. Well, depending on your scoring for your league. But uh-huh. in the one I'm uh-huh. looking at here, I mean, he would have cracked 10, 10, 16, and 1. So he's putting double right. digits on the board. Pretty similar to Cup. Dallas is the hotter team. and yes. You know they're they're on fire as of that Rams game. It's a battle right now in that NFC East is for as bad as that division is. Both teams are going to come in playing like it's the damn Super Bowl, right? They somebody's got to win this division, and they both want it, right? So who wants to punch that playoff ticket more? And I look at Gallup. It's a it's a division rival. It's a familiar opponent. And the prior matchup, he had six fantasy points, but he had four targets. That's week seven. You had Amari Cooper. It was right before the bye week. Um, since then, Randall Cobb's kind of dropped out of the picture as far as doing anything in right. that offense. So I, I do like Gallup. The Eagles have been burned outside by receivers, the ones and twos, in what, their three of past four. I mean, everybody's getting down yep. on them, you know, with outside receivers. So it was for Gallup size, big strength, you know, I think he can muscle down there and, and have a big game. Touchdowns, I mean, 
he hasn't had a touchdown since week 11, which right. is concerning. So he'd have to find the end zone in there. It's at home. So here's my question. Here's my question to you, though. Who's in his flex right now? Right now it's uh, Devontae Freeman on the ground. Ground. Oh, so that Devontae I was going to kind of address that next. What do you do with Freeman? Do you like him there? Um <laughs> Gordon, I'm locked. Are, everybody else, you know, they, yeah. they stay. Well, he's got McCaffrey, right? He's got McCaffrey. He's got yep. Gordon. Oh, all right. Yeah. So Singletary's on his bench, so he can't put in Singletary. Um, he's 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 tossing a coin with these two players. Yeah. Um, I I also would probably go with Gallup, and I'm an Eagles fan, but I'm I'm not wearing my green goggles right now because I know what the Eagles secondary uh, is capable of letting opposing wide receivers do, especially the WR2, because if they if they bottle up the primary receiver, in this case, it would be Amari Cooper, that might leave the whole downfield, and if Prescott can get it downfield to Gallup, he may find the end zone. Uh, so I probably would inch a little bit more towards Gallup, uh, and, uh, and see how it goes. Yeah. It's, if you look at Cup's body of work the past couple weeks, I mean, he had double digit outings against the Cards, the Seahawks and the Cowboys. Prior to that, he had the Ravens, Bears and Steelers. The Steelers shut him out. The Bears held him to six fantasy points. The Ravens held him to nine. Now we know those defenses are good. That's three good defenses that he didn't really show up to. And then you look at uh, Gallup's production against his tough defenses that he's played. So I kind of, I edge him out as well. Over It's a tough call and it, it sucks. You know, it is a coin flip. But I think based on like the ceiling for this match, and like you said, Jalen Ramsey's going to take away Cooper. I'm sure he'll shadow him. The, the Rams really aren't that deep at corner since they got rid of Peters to the Ravens. So I think Gallup can do some damage, and they always have to honor Zeke. I mean, it's more of a balanced offense, you know, that they're they're going to have to see. So, who is his quarterback again? Refresh my memory. Drew Brees. Okay, so let's just hope that between Brees and McCaffrey, he gallops, no pun intended, to the finish line on the strength of those two guys. Yes. And it's irrespective of which of these choices he makes. How about that? Right. So what you're saying is your point difference of what you would lose or gain can be offset by the studs uh-huh. that you have at those bi- the big three with Thomas McCaffrey and Breeze. I, I definitely lean that way as well. I, I think like that too. Right. And he has Michael Thomas. So mm-hmm. I Absolutely. mean, and, and he got in the championship game, because of that Monday night game that that was epic. I mean, I didn't have any shares of either. I didn't have any shares of any new Orleans player at all this year, which is kind of uh, going against my grain usually. Um, But uh, Michael Thomas was not available to me in any draft I had. Uh, Well, that's not true. I, of course, in hindsight could have picked him instead of David Johnson, but we can talk about that later. <laughs> I, uh, I only landed but, Thomas in one league. Yeah, no, I, I didn't get him at all. Um, so uh, I I guess we'll put this puppy to sleep and, uh, and give the advice to our boy from the north to plug in Gallup. 
All right, Nordo, you heard it. You can put it on the board, yeah. Okay. It's uh, it's Gallup, baby. Let it rip. Let me let us know how how it goes, and hopefully that's the the winning winning lineup for you in the championship, man. You got to nail it. So, good luck, my friend. Yes, good luck. Let's look at some fantasy starts for this week. Let me know some guys, Mitch here, that you like heading into this championship week. Well, I can tell you that if you're in the championship and you have, again, Watson, Jackson, Breeze, uh, and um, Wilson, Russell Wilson, you have to run with those guys. Yes. Obviously. And you probably don't need our advice on that. Uh, however, if you're like old uncle Mitch and you limped into the playoffs on, uh, two teams like I did with Tom Brady at the helm. Uh, and believe me, I did very well in those, on those two teams, despite Tom Brady's presence, because I had McCaffrey on both teams and Fournette on both teams. Uh, well, I was able to stave off having him on my team. But if you are in the championship game and you have an opportunity to make a choice between, say, Brady or Tannehill or Fitzpatrick or Mayfield, and it's Tannehill and Fitzpatrick, uh, if you've been going with... Um, Kobe, uh, uh, Jacoby Brissett, and again, Fitzpatrick or Tannehill. Uh, if you've been streaming the Jaguars or the uh, Panthers quarterbacks all year and somehow you made it into the championship game, uh, again, if any of those, if Fitzpatrick or Tannehill is on your waiver wire or on your bench, those are my quarterback starts, okay. uh, but you know, Bree, but the Breeze, Wilson, Watson, Jackson, you have to go with those guys if you have them. Absolutely, yeah. You always got to lock up your studs, no matter what. Those are that's a given. That's a given. Those are set and forget. You got to plug them in there. Um, who else you like for backs or receivers, tight ends? Well, <clears throat> obviously, again, McCaffrey. Uh, if he brought you there, uh, you're, you're using pretty much, uh, either of the San Diego, uh, San Diego. There I go. Yeah. I said, that's the first time I said it all year. The chargers running backs. Uh, if you have either of them, obviously you're using one of them. Uh, Zeke Elliott, you're using Zeke Elliott. You're running with him. Uh, if you have, um, from Tennessee, Henry, you're, you're using him. I would stay away from the Steelers backfield because uh, that's a mess. I would stay away from uh, the uh, Vikings backfield. That's a mess. If you have Ingram, uh, you want Ingram in there, obviously. Uh, and the rookies. I mean, if, you, if you've been running with uh, Singletary, with Johnson, uh, with Sanders, uh, you, you put them in there as well. And, you know, Fournette, you can't bench Fournette at this point if you've been using Fournette. 
uh, I probably would uh, be very wary about uh, the Patriots' backfield, which we've probably been saying all season. But if you have Sony Michelle and you don't have any other choices, uh, and you've been riding into the playoffs with Sony Michelle, uh, then by all means, uh, so have to do that too. And uh, you know, stay away from the Dolphins. Oh, Mixon, Mixon's been hot, even though the Bengals have been in uh, a train wreck. And uh, am I allowed to say uh, the S word, uh, S show? Uh, <laughs> you, say, they, you can say whatever you say, want. Uh, the Bengals have been a, a board certified shit show. But yes. uh, Mixon, Mixon the last four weeks. If you're in the championship game and Mixon has been one of your starters, that might be one of the reasons you're in the championship yeah. game. Uh, so you got to play him. Uh, and, uh, the same with Le'Veon Bell. I mean, I really had no shares of Le'Veon Bell. Nope. Uh, but if you have him and he is been on your starting roster the entire season and here you are week 16 playing in the championship game, of course you're rolling with Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. You got, you've got to at that point. Oh, and and of course, uh, in Green Bay, uh, you, you're going you're going to want to use um, uh, their uh, their running back there as well, Aaron Jones. Um, Aaron Aaron Jones. Yes, yeah. When the Packers are using him effectively and making him a centerpiece of the offense, which they should be, I mean, he's killing it. Seven yard average. Uh, he gets loose. He can take it to the house. He can explode anywhere on that field. But the Packers, to me, this year are so herky-jerky, disjointed, whatever you, word you want to describe. But that is not the Packer offense that I've been watching since uh, you know Aaron Rodgers came on board. Exactly. And McCarthy was, was running the show. But th- their record is what it is, and they're catching a lot of heat up here because even the local reporters, media, they're grilling them kind of like how are you guys in the playoffs how do you have 11 wins this does not even look i mean the it, Aaron Rodgers is playing home run ball most of the games other games he looks like he's killing it he hasn't been himself you know fantasy wise you can look at the sheet and see his up and down games and point totals and whatnot touchdowns i mean he's still efficient but it's just some of the either he's on point and he's going through his progressions hitting his guys or He's holding the ball forever and trying to throw the home run ball. And you could see it last week. He had, I think it was Lazard, right over the middle in his zone. He mm-hmm. cleared his linebacker in the middle, wide open. You could you could see it happening before he went past the center point of the field. Rodgers looked at him, threw it up deep, incomplete. He, yeah. he, the guy would have made seven yards after the catch. He was that wide open, sitting down between coverage, and he didn't even throw it to him. So, I mean, that, cool. that, it's crazy. Yeah, not two two of the arguably the quote unquote faces of the NFL the last decade at least have been Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Yes. Talk about two big disappointments. I, I think the page is turning to Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and Deshaun Watson. Uh you know, the, we, we need a, to see another a couple of years of body of work before we put those guys in the same breath of what Brady and Rodgers have accomplished. 
uh, and you can put Drew Brees in there. But Drew Brees is is lapping those other two guys right now in terms of fantasy production. Yeah. Uh, Brady has been a, a complete bomb, in my opinion, although most people didn't uh, spend a lot of draft capital on Tom Brady this year. But you might have on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, so, and there's always people that draft him super high or about, you know, early quarterback run, he'll come off the board, you know. Yeah, so I agree, I agree with you there. So uh, there's that. But Aaron Rodgers is certainly uh, – I mean, Aaron um, – Aaron Jones. Uh, Aaron Jones is certainly a start there. Now, uh, just be careful of two guys that might be on your waiver wire. Uh, and one is Mike Boone. I mentioned him earlier. Uh, and I would only even consider him in a desperate situation and yeah. only if both Cook and Madison are out. Uh, because right now the Vikings don't need to put those two guys in harm's way. Uh, they just don't. Right. This, is, this is not a must-win game for the Vikings. Um, another guy that might be on your waiver wire because he's eligible to come off the uh, limited injured reserve list is carry on Johnson. Uh, if you are trying to outsmart your opponent or if you have any kind of inkling that your opponent might need carry on Johnson or Mike Boone to beat you, then if you can grab those guys before your opponent does, I would grab them, but I would have a very, very, very short leash on either one of those two in terms of putting them into your starting lineup. But I just wanted to make a mention while we were still talking running backs. Oh, yeah. um, and, and one other guy who's probably not on your waiver wire any longer is uh, Kenyon Drake. Um, and if you got into the championship game and Kenyon Drake has been uh, in your starting lineup and got you to the championship game, uh, I would say he would be uh, a must start again as well. Yeah, for me, for fantasy starts this week, and I'm and like we said earlier at the top, the uh, the the studs, your ones and twos, the guys that brought you know brought you to the championship, you're locking them in. You know that. But these are just some guys that I always try to include guys you get a lot of conversation on Twitter about or kind of middle of the road guys that a lot of people have on rosters. So some starts for me this week, I'd have Gardner Minshew in there. I think the Jags are going to be pass heavy game script, you know, this week. And I like him even more if DJ Shark does actually play uh, Jacoby Brissett. We watched him bomb out in New Orleans. That was the Saints. When you, when you have a primetime game in New Orleans in that Superdome, Drew Brees, I mean, there's there's some magic that's voodoo, whatever you want to call it. But that place is off the hook. I don't care what team you are going in there. That's a tall task to win. That's why I give the Niners so much credit for going in there and beating them the other week. But prime time, Monday night, Sunday night, you know, they shine. So I don't I'm not going to hold that against Jacoby Brissett this week. He's averaged 4.4 more fantasy points per game when Hilton suits up this year. Now, he's coming back from his injury. You know, it, it doesn't get much better for this team for a you know fantasy championship season finale because Carolina has allowed the third most yards per attempt and fifth most passing yards in the league fantasy you know for fantasy purposes so I I would bounce back with Brissett if you got to play him Danny Amendola for the Lions TJ Hawkinson Marvin Jones out the Lions 
got help in the passing game from Danny Amendola. Holy crap. That was the security blanket for David Blau leading the team. 13 targets his third straight game with at least eight targets. So I think PPR purposes, Amendola is going to be there for a lot for targets and get the ball quite often. Anthony Miller bears lost against the Packers, but damn, he's got his streak of double digit fantasy points four games in a row targeted 15 yeah. times. I, li- 15 I like times Anthony Miller. Game. Anthony Miller is, uh, I was looking at waiver wires in some of my leagues uh, just to prepare for this uh, podcast with you, Frank and Anthony Miller was available on several. Was he? Uh, uh, yes. God. I know. I know. Uh, and so if Anthony Miller is available on your waiver wire, Grab uh, it. If you grab him, uh, I might even consider starting him. Uh, I, If you're desperate, you know, we haven't mentioned Trubisky. I mean, we're going up and down the whole NFL slate, it seems. But if you're desperate, Trubisky might be a sneaky uh, yeah. start as well uh, this particular week. Um, but, you know, if, if you've not been rolling with Trubisky and you're, and you're afraid to put him in the lineup at this point, well... Uh, I guess I wouldn't blame you, um, but that's just, you know, that's again, if you got, and, and, and you and I, we keep going back to this. If you're in the championship game, chances are you probably didn't get there with Trubisky. Probably you didn't get there with, let's say, Kyler Murray, uh, you know, guys like that. You probably got there uh, with the uh, guys that we mentioned earlier. So, uh, that's pretty much the way you're rolling. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, wide rec- wide receivers, Frank. Yeah, what? For how a... about this one, Brett Perriman? Yeah, I'm I'm nervous on him. I I've got him bumping. I'll be uh, talking about him for risk reward. He's he's worrisome because he can just vanish. I mean, I know he's hot and he's coming off the huge game, but man, some my gut is just screaming. I don't trust that guy. I don't know. It's it's a mess. He's got opportunity. Volume will definitely be there. And I think a couple of the other guys dropped off with injury too. So, I mean, he's almost instantly elevated to the go-to guy. He's at least going to garner Godwin's target share. So, I mean, he'll probably be fine. Um, But, you know, for me, I I think it's a flex play if I'm in a two flex league, something like that. But putting him and slotting him at a wide receiver one or two, I don't know about that. But flex, absolutely lock, lock and load, right? Um, oh, I yeah. think he'd be fine. I think Richard Perriman's definitely he he was on my list only because it's a thin waiver wire. But again, if, if Perriman will be there. Anthony Miller uh, probably might be in some of my leagues, as I said, he was. Uh, but Perriman, Rashad Perriman, will, uh, is, he's got to be there and I would give him a shot. Yeah, and then Kenyon Drake, you'd spoke about him. And yeah, I mean, 137 yard, four touchdown performance against the Browns. Good God, right? Um, yeah. I don't think he get he does a, a, a repeat performance here against the Seahawks, but I mean, this is like workhorse back material. I think he's an easy, you know, RB2, maybe RB1 upside kind of play this week. And it's a division opponent. They're, they're common, they're familiar with each other. Uh, and I've got Devin Singletary as a start, too. I mean, I know he's playing the Patriots, but. I think he's a low ceiling RB two. I think the matchup it, it leaves a lot to be desired, but the Patriots can get run on, and they yes, you know the Bills they're going to have to go in there with a run first mentality, and not 
force Josh Allen to to win the game off his arm because they they do shut you down with Gilmore and their their corners and safeties. I mean, they're tough on defense. Say what you want, they're the Patriots, but I think uh, if they go in with a single Terry focused offense, they can they can get him some good numbers for fantasy purposes. I I had Singletary in a couple of leagues. Uh, I probably went wire to wire in every league I had him in on my bench the whole year. Yeah, uh, I I I I have had other choices. Uh, I just I, I guess it's the Frank Gore thing. Yeah, I, I, I guess it's that Frank Gore thing where, you know, we're coaches. They, they pick him up. He plays for these teams and they use him. Uh, and it scares me sometimes. And if they have to go ground and pound against the Patriots, you might see more shares of Frank Gore in there that you really want. It's if the Patriots get off to some kind of big lead uh, where they might have to throw the swing pass. Excuse me, the outlet pass to uh, the uh, running back. Uh, Singletary might have a a little bit uh, higher opportunity level than Frank Gore, but uh, I'm I'm in all in all honesty, I like Perriman. He may step into the next level next year. Uh, he may you know advance to the next level, but this year, I guess it was the Frank Gore thing that kept me from even using him. Yeah, the ba- the RBBC the committees are. Are tough. I try to shy away from them. They're just it's too frustrating to figure out, and it, it's tough when one guy pops off and the other guy's on the back burner, and then it, you think you got it dialed in, and you go your way, you know, one of them, and then it goes the opposite way, and whoever's hot or if they fumble and they're on the doghouse, it's just too it's too complicated. And the Eagles had a committee for mm-hmm. a while, but you know it doesn't look like Jordan Howard's going to play again, so. If you got into the championship game and you've been using Sanders, uh, I would continue to use him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's let's do some sits. Fantasy sits. Who do you like to sit on the bench this week? <laughs> Brady. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Goff. Absolutely. Goff. Yep. I'm sitting Goff. Uh any anybody that Caroline is using, okay. I, I don't know who they're using this week. Uh, they, they Will Greer? Got, Will, yeah, I've already I forgotten they, his name. Yeah, what was he? Grand, Grandpa Waltons, the the Grandpa and the Waltons. Will Greer? Will yeah, Greer? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I would I would not use him. Uh, absolutely not. Uh, but oh, and uh, definitely Baker Mayfield. Uh, if you haven't already pulled the plug on ba- Baker Mayfield, if there's a better option out there, right. and we've mentioned several of them already, the Ryans, you know, Tannehill or, um, or Fitzpatrick, or as you mentioned, uh, Minshew, uh, you know, pull the plug on Mayfield if you haven't already. So for me, I'm going to go, I got a few guys. I got Sony Walkman as uh, Paul Charchian calls him. Sony, Mike, Michael, Michelle, however you want to say it. I know a lot of people mm-hmm. say it's their GIF or GIF, whatever. Uh, he is underwhelming. I mean, he's been in Belichick's doghouse, but he has yet to eclipse 100 yards this season. So, I know. Goodbye. Philip Lindsay, he's only topped 70 rushing yards once in his last eight games, and the usage is just minimal now. So, I mean, the Lions are... 
terrible rush defense, maybe they're the remedy. Maybe he, he does put together a good game, but I for a championship game in fantasy, I don't trust him this week. Tyrell Williams, he's you know, he's gonna go up against a Chargers secondary that's got Derwin James back, Adrian Phillips back, Casey Hayward. Um the the last matchup, Casey Hayward held him to 25 receiving yards. So I mean that's a tough out. John Brown, as much as I love John Brown, I mean he's getting the Stefan Gilmore treatment this week, so I'm I'm not gonna start him. I, I just couldn't do it. Yeah. Maybe he does yeah. surprise. I mean, he's always a boomer bust uh type of play with a bad matchup. So you can gamble, but for a championship, it's it's your call if you think it's worth it. And then we talked about Randall Cobb earlier. I mean, he had a good stretch from week 10 to 12, but, I mean, that's that's way back in the rear view now. He's been minimal at best in fantasy. He finished the week, this week with one catch for, like, negative two or three yards or something. I mean, he's, he's out. Jimmy Graham, Hunter Henry, tight end spots. Tight end spots always tough during the championship and playoffs, but – Jimmy Graham, Monday night matchup on the road against the Vikings defense, ranked in the top five in fewest fantasy points allowed to tight end, so he's a sit. And Hunter Henry, that's a tough one. I, I had to put him in there. Um, his targets just haven't been there the past games. I mean, he, he hasn't had more than three receptions in any of them, so it's hard to do much anything with such a low target share, and I think that's the reason you see Mike Williams coming on strong. Um, but overall, it's it's just difficult to trust him here for a, a championship game. Yeah, i i would I would sit on the tight ends. Uh, I would sit uh, pretty much most of them. Yeah. Uh, I you know I I actually think that uh, one guy that I would would play that may 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 still be on waiver wires uh, is Higby from the Rams. Uh, if you got into the championship game and Higby has been on your roster, uh, you know, you got to go with him, but I would sit, I would sit Noah font. I would sit Ryan Griffin who disappeared. I mean, I, you got a couple, couple of good games from him on the, uh, the jets. I, I would, uh, not want to play Ryan Griffin at this point. Everett from the Rams, he's questionable, but he, he you know, he's kind of lost favor there. Higby's been pretty hot. Um, John o. Smith from Tennessee was a darling for a while in the middle of the season, but he's disappeared, in my opinion. Uh, Hawkinson it was just put on IR. You don't want him, obviously, uh, if, if he's still on your roster. Uh, um, the both of the Tampa Bay tight ends might still be on your waiver wire or maybe on your bench. Let the buyer beware on those two guys. Uh, so uh, I, you know, and uh, same thing with uh, Hayden Hurst. I mean, yeah. Andrew, Andrews is the guy over there. So yeah. uh, I would, uh, you know, if, if, if you somehow still have Hayden Hurst on your roster and you're in the championship game, my, my hat's off to you for making it into the championship game. But my one question would be why? Yeah. Well, that'll lead us to the boomer bust risk reward players. Uh-huh. Who do you like this week for the, this is the toughest category for playoff weeks and championships because I mean you got to you're looking at the ceiling for the guy ceiling is the roof you're looking at the floor and man I mean depending on who your opponent's playing opposite you it's it's kind of this is where you roll the dice 
anybody you're, you're looking at risk reward? Yes, uh, I am looking at Manny Sanders. If you've been, if you, again, if you got Ooh, into the here we go. championship game, and Manny Sanders has probably been in and out of your lineup for a while, but this is a week not to turn your back on Emmanuel Sanders. I would definitely want him in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a boom player, uh, for sure. I um, and, and there's another guy I really, really like from the New York football giants. You want to guess what his name is from wide receiver land? Darius Slate. I know yes. he's quiet this past week, but nah, I think that I is... love him. Yo, <laughs> You're right. He was. Yeah, I, I think I that was him. because it was a Saquon Barkley kind of game script feature, you know. I mean, they they had a Barkley on showcase, so I don't think they really needed to to get him that involved. But yeah, I can see this week, I can see a nice game from him. And I got one more, Devontae Parker. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those those are the wide receivers, uh, basically in the, in the boom uh, category, uh, and. Uh, Tight end again. I, I mentioned uh, Higby. Uh, I would definitely uh, put Higby in there. Yeah, he's got three straight hundred-yard receiving games. Um, he could absolutely do it again. He could get held uh, held down. I, I don't know. I'm I'm looking at. We talked about Prashad Perriman. I've got him. I mean, he had the game of his life on on Sunday. Five catches, a buck thirteen. Um, I don't know if it. He continues to pump that out for week 16, but like we said, I, I think he's got a more consistent role going into Godwin's spot, and without Evans, the other guys have been banged up behind Paramin or in front of him. Was it Justin? Oh, these guys, I can't even think. Of, I don't know if they were working out oh, like Home Depot, yeah. and now they're playing for the yeah. Bucks. I just can't. Their names yeah, don't I, come I to know, the forefront, but. There's, there's somebody there. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I think his name is Ishmael or is, is something like that. Yeah, is yeah. Ismail Ishmael? I, I forget his name, but I, he's... I think the Bucks they have a good matchup against the Texans. So either way, I mean, this game could be a shootout too, back and forth. So I, I think he's a boom or bust or risk reward because, I, like I said, I don't think he typically is going to go quiet and get you like three or four points. He's going to have a roll, but in your fantasy lineup, you. You need at least double digits here. So I, I think he's all right. He should catch a touchdown. I also put Christian Kirk in there. He mm. he hasn't flashed a lot of upside over the last few weeks, but I think for his his role in that offense, he's got a nice matchup against the Seahawks passing defense. And if you look back at his body of work, he's had 10-plus uh, target games on multiple occasions this season. So it's there if the game goes that route. It's like... A, I, I always kind of favor the divisional games because these opponents know each other. So the players are sometimes a little more consistent of what you can expect out of them. And then other times, you know, if it's somebody that burned them the prior meeting, they tend to focus on taking that player away and then somebody else gets loose. So Kirk, I think he could be a risk-reward kind of play like that. On the other side of that ball, same game, Jacob Hollister at tight end. He hasn't found the end zone in four straight games. But I think this week, you know, Arizona's defense is horrible against tight ends. They're giving up the most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. This could be the the week he does get in the end zone once, twice, 
who knows? You know, this could be a kind of fun game to watch as well. So I think he'd be a boom, boom, bust, risk reward type play. I've uh, I've had both Kirk and Hollister on rosters, and I never guess right with those guys. It's hard. Yeah, uh, it's hard to. Uh, uh, really, I mean that that one game that Kirk had the three touchdowns. I, I mean, it was back in on November 10th. That was the last time he did anything substantial in my opinion. And, and, and I didn't use him that week. Uh, it, it, so it was just stupidity on my part. Uh, I, I didn't use him. Uh, and then I used him the next couple of weeks going after that. And he was one of my disappointments that got me, um, taken out of the mix uh, Hollister you're right he hasn't found uh the end zone since that same weekend that I mentioned uh I think they it was a Monday night game against San Fran uh he got into the end zone but since then uh hasn't done much uh, and I and I've used Hollister in fact I replaced Ryan Griffith with Hollister on a couple of teams uh, and that was a move that did not work out for me. So um, I'm, I'm a little weary with him, but I, I hear what you're saying about him playing Arizona this week. That That is always uh, a get well pill for the tight ends when they play Arizona. Yes. Uh, so uh, there's that. What I'm looking at for Hollister is I'm trying to see I, if he played against Arizona – before and it doesn't look like he did so hopefully uh he does what a lot of tight ends have done against the cardinals and has a big game for our listeners uh this coming weekend yeah i like that matchup i like that i wonder if it's going to be on tv by me it's hard to say i know when the packers are not playing they typically go dallas Mm-hmm. Chiefs, I'll probably get that Chiefs one, I bet, or Bears, of course, Chicago. So, yeah, uh, if I'm if I'm betting the ranch there, you're not going to get the Cardinals and Seahawks. No. You would probably get you. You might even get the Cowboys Eagles. Yeah, I, it, it could be that one too. It's usually those those three in the Midwest, but we for Wisconsin, they do get a lot of West Coast games, and I do see Charger games a lot for whatever reason. I don't know. It's weird. Mm-hmm. It's a weird one. Yeah. No, but I think that they're the game, you know, the Fox game, the the 425 Fox game of the week that, you know, their national mm-hmm. game. What, what do they call that? America's game of the week yeah. is going to probably be the Eagles Cowboys. Uh, so uh, I would be on the lookout for that one. Uh, the Chargers uh, are also at four o'clock but they're a cbs game you, you may get the chargers raiders i don't know lions broncos i don't know what they're going to throw at you at four o'clock on cbs but i'd bet bet the house you're going to get that eagles cowboys game yeah i'm sure i stream everything typically anyway so i'll, I'll have right. the ravens on a stream and then whatever's on tv i'll have that going so and the chief the chiefs bears is the night game sunday night oh yeah so. that's right that's right that's so. right all right well let's do some fantasy awards here. I'm ready. Fantasy awards. Let's do. We're gonna do a fantasy MVP. We're gonna do a fantasy dud of the year. We're gonna do a fantasy rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. And then we will do a fantasy surprise 
player of the year. So if you want to jump in there first, no, you want, I want to. I want to hear, hear mine first. I want to hear your MVP because I, 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 I would say there's a 99.9 percent chance that I know exactly who your fantasy MVP is going to be. <laughs> so why, why don't you go roll that guy right out there and, 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 and tell everybody, uh, you know, look, you know, put your purple glasses on and no. tell everybody. Well, I sat down and I looked at stats and I went on <laughs> Sleeper. I went on NFL.com and I was looking at stats and just trying to look at body of work for these guys and see – you know, if I have them in a league, what do I, what, how they were performing, whatnot. I did go, and I, it, it was hard not to pick them, but I did go Christian McCaffrey over Lamar Jackson. I know Jackson has been insane off the charts. Don't get me wrong. But looking at Christian McCaffrey, 430 plus fantasy points, 1,300 rush yards, 14 TDs, 94 receptions, and 814 receiving yards, four touchdowns. 116 targets. I mean, like my mouth, I'm at all this stuff. His average, I guess, for fantasy wise, you could lock him in at like 28 fantasy points per game every week, you know? And that's, I mean, for Lamar Jackson, I I did have him in a couple leagues. He won me a best ball league. The uh, overall though, some of the games that he was in, he could have had you lose that game, right? Against against an opponent, or depending on your opponent's roster, point wise, he's going off, but he wasn't going off. Maybe early midpoint of the season, there were a few hit, you know, speed bump games where he still had a nice game, but it didn't translate to fantasy. So for fantasy purposes, I think McCaffrey was like week in and week out stud. You you didn't even have to consider putting him on the bench unless it was a bye week. So I, I'd have to throw him the MVP for that one. I, I know I'm wrecking your. Yeah, no, your prediction, no, but that's I had, McCaffrey I, was mine. McCaffrey was mine as well because I had him uh, in a couple of leagues um, there, and I went wire to wire with him. And uh, it wasn't because of McCaffrey that I lost in Week 14. Um, trust me on that. So he was he was my MVP. And in in the one league where I drafted. Barclay first. Mm-hmm. I wished I would have drafted McCaffrey there. Uh, it would have made a big difference uh, for me. Uh, that was the four. By the way, that was the fourteen-team league that I still came in second place in points scored, but didn't make the playoffs. Uh, I lost too many matchups the weeks that Barclay was out or came up came up short. Uh, but I had to stick with him. I mean, I picked him first in the draft in that league. 14-team league, I got first pick, drafted Barclay. Now, that meant that I also drafted, what, number 28 mm-hmm. and 29. So I didn't exactly get the cream of the crop there, and I didn't uh, draft wisely with one of those two picks either. Uh, so uh, I was out pretty early in that league. So McCaffrey is my MVP. Uh, Lamar Jackson certainly uh, is uh, – the runner-up there for MVP, uh, and uh, honorable mentions would be uh, Aaron Jones because of where you might have picked him. Uh, so there, there's another example. Uh, even uh, Derrick Henry uh, it probably uh, helped a lot of teams get into the championship game as well, but not like Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Well, who did you have for the dud? 
of the year. Fantasy dud. Um, I think everybody's dud was well. I sh- I sh- based on dra- uh, on draft stock, it had to be David Johnson. Uh, for yes. me, yeah, I can it, definitely it, agree. It had, it had to be David Johnson. Although people that drafted Barclay uh, high might have drafted. Um, um, even, uh, well, if you draft, if you drafted Antonio Brown high, then yeah, he was a dud, but you should have read the tea leaves. You shouldn't have drafted him at all, much less high. Um, and his old running mate who's on the jets now, Le'Veon Bell would probably be my number two dud behind, uh, David Johnson based on draft capital. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. David Johnson was a huge disappointment. He, he was supposed to really get it clicking in the Kingsbury offense and, and turn around and get back to the old DJ that we, we know and love, but Nope, did not happen. Honorable mention, uh, would have to be uh, last year's uh, fantasy darling, 50-touchdown year from the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. Whoa. Because a lot of people went way high on Patrick Mahomes. Yes. And and there were players like Kirk Cousins, for example, uh, and – uh, Wilson, Russell Wilson, and uh, the, 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 that did so much better. And you might not have even drafted them or drafted them around ninth round, tenth round. Uh, even Matt Ryan, when he was healthy. Uh, so if you picked Patrick Mahomes in the first or second round, it probably dissuaded you from being able to pick a better running back or wide receiver. And you were probably, uh, you were probably scratching and clawing the rest of the year trying to make up for that. Yeah. For me, for the fantasy dud, I was going to say Adam Thielen, but I didn't really want to count, you know, an injured player since they really just haven't put a body of work together on the field. So I went Odell Beckham because i mean his if you look at his stats he's got 177 fantasy points and the and like i said these point totals may vary depending on your league and scoring but uh 67 receptions he's under a thousand yards at 910 he's only got two touchdowns and he's got four stinkers on the fantasy radar of single digit games and those were against the ravens the niners the steelers the bengals i know the ravens and niners the defense and then two division rivals but in 13 uh, six touchdowns in 13 games before that he was double digit touchdowns in three straight seasons with 1300 plus receiving yards so in the offseason kind of similar to what we talked about with david johnson he goes to cleveland they're the darlings of the offseason they won the offseason baker mayfield is gonna elevate him to you know jerry rice status the browns are gonna have this offense that's gonna just destroy people and odell beckham is gonna go off the charts and into this another realm of fantasy statistics and did not happen. So for me, I think if I, I didn't draft him in any leagues, that that was a player that's on the blacklist for me. I just don't even want him. I don't draft him unless 
he falls to me and like the opportunity, you know, is just too good to pass up. But if I did draft him early, I'd be really disappointed. That would be a dud for me. So, I mean, that's maybe not in some respects, but for me, I think body of work, it's a dud, dud of the year for me. Yeah, uh, I could see that. Absolutely. Uh, I didn't draft OBJ uh, either. I just didn't. Uh, and it's just uh, I stayed away from him. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Rookie of the year. I'll jump on this one. I, I had, I'm curious to see who you've got, but I, I went through the rookie listing. I'm looking at all of them, stats, running backs, quarterbacks, receivers. It seems like a lot of the backs and receivers came on late. And yes. I was going to go rookie of the year, except Josh Jacobs, of course, but I was going to go Kyler Murray at rookie of the year, uh, 312-42 pass attempts, 3279 for pass yardage, 17 touchdowns, 330 fantasy points. He's averaging 20 to 23 a game, 504 rush yards. I mean, four touchdowns. He's probably your lesser version of Lamar Jackson, right? And ADP for the draft was 102. So he was kind of in that same realm where you're taking a chance on him. Maybe some people elevated him up a little earlier in the draft or he fell. He didn't fall that far, but definitely in the middle of the pack for some late round stuff. So I think if you were able to get him in the draft at his ADP or even earlier, I think he rewarded you at a quarterback spot where, you know, your top guys are gone. Doesn't leave you too much depending on the depth of your league. If you're in a 14 team or, or what have you. So I think Kyler Murray would be my rookie of the year. And just being as small as the guy is, he's in the NFC West. It's a tough division with the Rams for as good as they were last year. I mean, they were kind of scary coming into this year. And the Seahawks, the Niners defense turned in. I mean, that's a tough NFC West division to start out in as a rookie, you know. So I, oh, yeah. I would give him a lot of credit, and I'd give him the uh, rookie of the year for fantasy. Yeah, I, I could see that. Um, I I. My, my choice was Josh Jacobs. It, it wasn't exactly a, a very deep pool of rookies no. from which to choose. I mean, yeah. I would have liked to have seen Miles Sanders uh, at least do what Josh G- Jacobs did. I know a lot of people had high hopes for uh, Devin Singletary, had high hopes uh, for um, from the Bears. Um uh, their rookie running back. Um, oh, Montgomery. Uh, uh, David Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Josh G- Jacobs was the best of that bunch. I can also tell you that uh, it was a pretty top-heavy rookie class for tight ends this year. And I don't think any of them really did anything this year. Um, I know that people uh, wanted to see Hawkinson do well. Maybe he was hampered by injuries this year. Maybe he'll take the next step next year. Um, Font didn't do a darn thing. Um, it, it, it was just very, very light and, t- and tight ends. And there wasn't really any rookie wide receiver that really jumped out for me either. Um, 
Yeah, I don't even know if Lassard on Green Bay is a rookie or not. I mean, I never heard of him until he had that one primetime game where all of a sudden, wow, who's this guy? Right. Uh, but, um, you know, uh, McLaurin from, from Washington, uh, is he a rookie? McLaurin, uh, yes. Well, Ohio then, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. He, he's 1-1A one one with Jacobs then. If McLaurin... Uh, was a fantasy find. There's a lot of people that didn't draft him, picked him up on waivers, and were very happy they had him on their roster. So I'll 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 put McLaurin up there as well. Definitely, definitely, fantasy surprise player of the year. Who do you got there? And I didn't know if you were looking at uh, are you looking at like good surprise and bad surprise? <laughs> both. <laughs> Both, both. That's what I kind of I mean, how I interpreted that. So that's what I, I gave yeah. you too. But who are your guys there? The the bad surprise, the bad surprise is Mahomes, uh, because he went too high in drafts. Uh, he just didn't do enough to warrant where people drafted him. You know, I I would put Tom Brady and, and Aaron Rodgers in there as bad surprises, but maybe there were a lot of people who weren't surprised by the fact that they underachieved this year. Um, so and from the quarterback spot, uh, those would have been my, uh, bad surprises, uh, for a good surprise on the quarterback, uh, uh, on the quarterbacks, um, obviously Lamar Jackson, uh, you said you had a few shares of Lamar Jackson, mm -hmm. but I'm willing to bet you didn't draft him very high in any of the leagues you had him. Nope. You know, you know, maybe even if you were drafting with guys from the Baltimore area, maybe you had to go for him around earlier than he his ADP nationally. But it still wasn't a very high uh, draft slot that you probably selected Lamar Jackson at. So that would be a very, very good surprise there. Um, you know, that that's that's a real good one. Uh, a guy that really surprised me. And he actually uh, helped me out in week 10 because in all my leagues across the board, in all eight leagues, my quarterbacks were either Tom Brady or Deshaun Watson. And they were both on buys in week 10. So on, in most of my leagues, I rolled out Kirk Cousins. And not only did he come through week 10 when I needed him, but there were other weeks uh, if you needed Kirk Cousins, he actually – help you out yeah. so he was he was a pleasant surprise considering he probably either went undrafted or in some deeper leagues you probably grabbed him in a uh in the teens or you know maybe around 11 or 12 so uh those, those would have been uh he would have been a, a good quarterback surprise uh from a wide receiver surprise uh, again, I would put McLaurin in there. I actually had him on my surprise list. I wasn't really uh, thinking about rookie of the year for him because I was just thinking Josh Jacobs. But um, McLaurin was a very pleasant surprise for a lot of people that drafted him. Uh, and um, there were a lot of uh, Zeke Elliott doubters this year. Uh, and people stayed away from him in the top four 
probably even five or six, because in, in five or six in a lot of drafts, that is where David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell were going. I mean, would you agree there? Right. Uh, and then maybe there was the run on wide receivers uh, with uh, the likes of Devontae Adams and uh, Michael Thomas and uh, Hopkins. Uh, and so, believe it or not, Zeke Elliott might have been a, a pleasant surprise for people that got him with pick number 11 or 12 or 13. Uh, and you're probably saying, oh, Zeke Elliott, you know, he's still sitting there. I got to take him. And he was a surprise for you. If, if you, you know, in other years, he would have been one, two or three. Don't you, don't you agree? But this oh, year absolutely, he wasn't. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So that's, uh, that's pretty much, you know, uh, in terms of, uh, a surprise, uh, you know, bad surprise. Again, I don't want to indict like you. I don't want to indict, uh, injured players. So I'm going to stay away from, um, the, uh, feelings and the cups, mm -hmm. uh, even Devonte Adams, uh, stay away from, uh, really indicting those guys. Uh, I think that, um, and, and, and also Mac, Mac from, uh, Indianapolis. Um, yeah. I had him in a few leagues but i didn't you know i didn't uh, address him very high in the draft either uh i didn't have to expend draft capital i was able to get marlon mack in a lot of cases around round five so he wasn't a clear-cut disappointment for me but had he stayed healthy he might have uh, been a lot more productive for me in a position that you always need depth so yeah for me Fantasy surprise, good surprise. Now you know I'm I'm not gonna get any Ravens out of this award show, but I'm going Lamar Jackson for a good mm -hmm. surprise because at the end of last season and coming into this season, the talk was he's just gonna be another Michael Vick. He's not gonna make it. He looked like absolute garbage against the Chargers in the playoff game. Da 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 da. -da you know all the rest. So for having him start this season, make the improvements and just be humble and get the job done. And to be where he's at right now is a huge surprise. Talking about draft position his ADP was about 88. So he was, like we said, Kyler Murray in that same neighborhood as the Kyler Murray, where um, if you're going to take one of those rookies in your draft and they're both sitting there nine times out of 10, you were taking Kyler Murray. So for him to show up, like he has is absolutely insane. Um, 33 passing touchdowns, seven rushing touchdowns, a thousand, you know, 1103 for rushing yards, 2889 passing. I mean, he's just a beast. He takes the game over. So I thought that was, was a good surprise there. My bad surprise. I was going to keep it in the quarterbacks and go Aaron Rodgers. man. Just, we talked about it earlier, mm -hmm. the consistency for Rodgers plugging him in because he's typically a high pick in the quarter quarterback, position at drafts and people reach on them. They don't, well, it's not even a reach, but they just take them early because they want a good quarterback, a steady guy. And he's usually that, but this year, I mean, it, it's double digit points. Don't get me wrong, but against the Cowboys, 11 points, uh, 12 against the Panthers. He should have killed both of those teams. They're totally ripe for, for a big performance. Um, the Niners, of course, that was a tough, tough defense, 11 points, 14 against the Redskins. He just did 18 against the Bears. I mean, these are games that 
you know, the games that are on your schedule that you should win going away, he doesn't really show out. And the only one that he did was the Raiders at, what, 58 points or something crazy? I mean, that was his, his big touchdown game, too, with five. So every other game around that, it's one touchdown. It's two touchdowns. It's never more than than the uh, the three that came after that Oakland game against the Chiefs. So for Rodgers, I mean, he's not a disappointment. He's not, you know, the worst quarterback ever. But for fantasy purposes, those weeks that he gave you those little stinker games, they could have lost you around. And and overall, I mean, it's not worth uh, the headache. Like I said, the Packers offense is disjointed. It's out of sync. It Hopefully it comes into focus on Monday night and they can build on something and make a run. But it's it's just up in the air for me with a new coach. It is pretty impressive to have a, a rookie coach banging out 11 wins in his first year, revamping that offense from what Mike McCarthy had. Now, I don't think they've gone too far from what McCarthy's done. Uh, they're not really doing much of anything but lining up three wide and single back, really. You know, they were talking about motions and they're going to do all this stuff and run guys out of, you know, across the line. And they, they really got away. They started out like that, but they're not right there now. So I don't know what this offense evolves into or where it goes from here if they get in the playoffs. But it's it's definitely a challenge. I think it's a, my, a big reason why, too. My oldest son, Andrew, uh, is in one of my leagues and he invested relatively high draft capital on Aaron Rodgers. And much later in the draft, he got Jameis Winston. Uh, and he kept guessing wrong every week. Oh, yeah. As, uh, including the five-touchdown week with Rodgers. Mm. He had Winston in his lineup that oh. week. Uh, he just guessed wrong every week. He had a pretty solid team. Uh, this is a team he had Michael Thomas. Uh, but he 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 just guessed wrong on quarterback every week. Wouldn't it be interesting, you know, you, you think about the records of these two teams right now. If the Super Bowl happened to be Green Bay and New England and the fantasy players all across the United States are looking at Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and saying, huh? Yes. I, I mean, I'm not even going to put Tom Brady in um, – in a fantasy bust category, you know, for our listeners, because most of our listeners either stayed away from Tom Brady or if they have him on their team, they did not draft him very high. I had Tom Brady on a lot of teams, A, because I'm a Tom Brady truther. I won a lot of money over the years with Tom Brady on many teams that I've had over the years. And I even named one of my dogs Brady because of it. <laughs> uh, and yeah, my six-year-old Boston Terrier is named Brady. Uh, and that is why. But he just disappointed all year. And they could get they could get into the Super Bowl. They've been winning all year and not because of Tom Brady. See, this is the deal. Tom Brady did not have to throw for 400 yards and play pitch and catch all game with his wide receivers or James White in many instances because his defense, shockingly, after years of not really being a, a well-respected defense, his defense gave him ridiculous early game leads in many, many of his matchups this year. You know, with block punts, mm -hmm. 
uh, pick sixes, fumble recoveries for touchdowns. Uh, they, they were sometimes up 21, nothing on their opponents and 14 of those 21 would have been direct result of their defense doing something, not because Tom Brady, uh, parked one into the end zone to one of his receivers. And, you know, that's a clear example of a team, a coach, a quarterback that doesn't care about your fantasy team. They right. just want to. They just want to win, and that's what they do. Now, I know they had a couple of hiccups this year against a couple of darlings of the NFL, against uh, uh, Buffalo and against Baltimore. And everybody's saying, well, you know, in the American Conference, Buffalo and Baltimore, you know, you, you you're going to see those guys uh, in the AFC Championship game, uh, but. You know, don't count out New England or Kansas City uh, when the dust clears, because those are the teams that know how to win uh, and and have shown that they know how to win. But, you know, it, it, Tom Brady for me was a complete disappointment, and I've already vowed no more Tom Brady on my teams next year. <laughs> That's enough of that. <laughs> hey, I, I almost forgot our value pick. That was, that was at the bottom of my screen. I apologize. Value pick fantasy player of the year. Who did you have in that spot? Well, you know, we, we talked about Lamar Jackson. Mm -hmm. uh, in a lot of leagues I was – in some of the leagues I was in, he wasn't even drafted. You know, yeah. in some, uh, I'm in two family, you know, friends and family 10-team leagues. Uh, and they're 10-team leagues because it's just we've had 10 owners for a couple of years now and we've never – you know, we've never needed more or, or anybody dropped out. Uh, in, in both of those leagues, Lamar Jackson wasn't even drafted. Uh, so you got some value out of that guy. Mm -hmm. there's, no, there's no question you got value out of him. You probably also got value out of Allen Robinson. Uh, Allen Robinson probably was overlooked in a lot of drafts until the middle rounds. Uh, because there were more sexy names that were out there this year, like Thielen, as an example, like Amari Cooper uh, and the like. Uh, all of the Rams wide receivers, the Minnesota wide receivers, uh, OBJ, Hopkins. Uh, Allen Robinson probably was an afterthought on a lot of teams. And if you were able to get Allen Robinson, say, in the sixth round this year, uh, you got some value out of him. Yeah. I was going to go Austin Eckler for value pick because looking at his ADP, he was about 55, and that puts him smack dab in the middle of, like, Miles Sanders. You had his height coming into draft time. Darius Geis was going to be healthy this year for the Redskins at draft time. James White, Devin Singletary, Melvin Gordon, Marlon Mack. Mark Ingram. So, I mean, you look at that big group of guys and then you look at Eckler, we knew Gordon was going to be suspended. So, if, you know, obviously you want to, you want to grab right. him for those short games, not thinking, okay, what's he going to do after Gordon comes back? Right. Uh, but 500 rush yards, three touchdowns, 78 receptions, 892 yards, eight TDs. I mean, he's got a great, you know, like 20 fantasy point average. He's consistent. And he was a guy that you could flex pretty much any week that you wanted and if you needed a spot as like an RB2, 
RB3. I mean, that was a great floor to sit at for fantasy purposes. And I think, like I said, for the being where he would be in that draft and looking at the, the names around him to grab him, that's a great pickup. Definitely value. And if you traded him, if you were a guy that had him and say, you know, Gordon comes back, you trade him at peak, right? You should have got a nice haul in return or, you know, or maybe a one or two low end two receiver, maybe whatever. Hopefully you made out in a good trade for him. Cause I know a lot of Actually, people were, were doing that. Actually I did. Uh, did the you? one, the one league I drafted Eckler again, it was a 10 team league. It was a, a family league with my son-in-law, his father. Uh, that's my granddaughter's other grandfather and some cousins, uh, 10 team league. I drafted Eckler and, and actually I drafted Eckler, um, probably around the seventh round, yeah. uh, e- even later than the 55 ADP. Uh, my son-in-law had Gordon and, uh, he didn't, even, I tried to trade him Eckler a couple of times. He didn't want to make the trade with me. Finally, with another owner, uh, who was hurting for running back, uh, I offered him either Eckler or Singletary, whom I also had on that team. Uh, and I turned Eckler into Mike Evans. Uh, nice. And and that was that was a team everybody thought I was going to run away with that league. I I was a clear hundred points more than the next highest point scorer. I mean, I had McCaffrey, Cook, Fournette. Uh, Christian Kirk was on my bench because I used Galladay and then uh, Evans when I got him. Uh, I just, Tom Brady was my quarterback. Uh, I, I lapped everybody. I was the only team in that 10-team league to have double-digit victories. And I laid an egg in week 14 after my after I got a bye in the first round. On week 13, I laid a, an egg in week 14. I didn't win the championship. Yeah. Uh, they they played the, in that league. They played championship on week fifteen, so the league's over. Uh, and uh, I just I laid an egg, and so there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I did exactly what you just said. I turned him into Mike Evans, uh, Eckler. So there was a yes, absolutely uh, a very good value pick there. Absolutely, that's good. Yeah, that's. That's pretty much how it went, I thought, for Eckler. So for me, that's I'd slot him into a great value for this season as a whole, overall, without a doubt. Yeah, and uh, can't say there were any real tight end values. Um, you know, the big three went early, and they all three of them really had up and down years. I guess of the of the three, you know, when Kelsey did well. Uh, Ertz didn't. When Ertz did well, uh, you know, George yeah. Kittle didn't. When Kittle did well, the other two were either on a bye or didn't do well. Uh, but the rest, you know, then there was a big drop off in tight ends and just busts all the way around. O.J. Howard was a big bust. Um, if you went with one of the rookies, you were disappointed. Uh, from the New York Giants, uh, Angram. Big disappointment, but again, he he was injured most of the year, uh, so you didn't really get any value out of any of the tight ends, if I do say so. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the the awards for this season. Now we can jump into some real life NFL pickums. So let me drop the huddle mm-hmm. for that here. 
We are mm-hmm. looking at a lot of good matchups this weekend, I think. I agree with that. It's getting down to the wire. The playoff playoffs are pretty much set, but I mean, some of these teams, NFC East, Cowboys, Eagles, I mean, there's a few, and, and just looking at seating and who's going to go on the road. So I, there's, it's a season where I think there's a lot to play for across the board for some of these teams. So that, that always makes it interesting, and you're going to get 100% out of these guys. So absolutely. So we're going to pick the games, point spreads. This is uh, getting logged in here. So let's draw up Houston Texans, Tampa Bay Bucks in Tampa. Tampa is plus three and a half. Depleted at receiver, man. That's the only reason I think I got to go Houston here. Yeah, I'm going Houston. Uh, I think that they're going to really come up big. Yeah, Watson could have a big day, I think. And if this is shootout material type game, oh boy, that's that's going to be a good one. That is going to be a really good one. Next up, Bills, Patriots, little brother. Who wants that AFC East, right? Bills, can they can they beat up on the Patriots here? Are the Patriots going to keep them in check? I mean, we know how that division usually plays out. The uh, the Bills have a defense this time around. I don't think they're afraid of the Patriots. Patriots are favored by six and a half. It's really tough for me to call straight up, but either way, I think the Bills, they're walking in there after beating the Steelers with a lot of swagger. I don't think the Patriots, if they do win, beat them by six and a half. I think this is more of a three-point difference game, something close, maybe down to the last minute play on defense something like that so i'd i'd go buffalo there yeah buffalo covers patriots win yes yeah i can see that next up the rams and the niners in san francisco niners are favored six and a half i I would take the niners with that niners for me carolina panthers at indianapolis colts Colts are favored by six and a half. Carolina, could it be Will Greer at quarterback? Who? Could it be Kyle Allen? Could it be, I don't know any of these guys. I know. I, I like the Colts here. I think Brissett can bounce back. Like I said, this is a bad Carolina defense, and Brissett is not that bad. It's Like I said, the Saints' performance is what it is, but I like the Colts this week. Yeah. I take them there. Does, <coughs> excuse me, despite the fact that the Panthers have the fantasy darling and MVP Christian McCaffrey, they've only won five times this year. All right. <clears throat> Colts are going to win at home. I will take the Colts. Next up, Giants and Redskins, another NFC East battle. 
and the Redskins are favored by two and a half. This is in Washington. And got hot Eli Manning, Barkley, play. I mean, they've got the players, Slayton, Tate, across the board. It's just a more complete offense, in my opinion. They are the Giants. I'm not saying they're the world beaters, but in this this instance, I'm going to go New York. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, these teams are both 3-11. and 11. Uh, but I look, Haskins, Haskins is starting to get a little swagger himself. He's, yeah, uh, he's getting there. But the Giants should cover, they should win. And I don't even think, even though it's at Washington, I don't think this game's going to be close. I would agree. I think, uh, Eli goes, can go out with a bang here to end the, uh, the season or possibly his career here. So we'll go pay, uh, I'm sorry, new Orleans saints at the mm-hmm. Tennessee Titans. Titans are fighting and scratching for a playoff spot here. The, uh, Titans are plus three and a half taking the saints all day. I mean, who's, who's hotter than drew Brees right now. Right. Yeah. Th- this, this is going to be a saints game all the way. Um, Tennessee could surprise you when they're home. Uh, they have done it in the past, but they're just running into the wrong team at this juncture of the season, and the Saints are going to roll all over them. Yeah. You are looking live. Go to Baltimore. Ravens. Or no, I'm sorry. This is Ravens at Browns. Why did I think that was the other way around? Uh, Ravens at Browns. Browns are plus 10 and a half. Ten and a half. We got some big numbers this year. I don't like college football style spreads in the NFL at all. And there's no. been a lot this year, it seems like. But I'm gonna go the Ravens here. I mean, they're they gotta put the hammer in Cleveland this week. Um it's early in the week, but you know, I this is one of those games where I think I think the Raven, the Ravens. If, the, if this was in Baltimore, I'd say the Ravens would win by like four touchdowns. In Cleveland, yeah, are yeah. they playing for? Are they playing for Freddie Kitchen's job here? See, I, I mean, that, yeah, that's the thing. It's like. You know, they the Ravens lost against them earlier in Baltimore. So you've got that, you right. know, kind of pride, you know, revenge factor going on there. But Cleve, for whatever reason, my gut just tells me this is the one where they do not show up. Maybe they show up and they play them hard. They typically do at the end of the seasons. Um, and they get some close games going. But with the the Ravens, they're just so they just come out so hot. You you can't stop it. You know, it's it's almost the opposite of when they won the Super Bowl in 2000 on defense. They were so fast. They had the outside coverage. It didn't matter. Just hold them to, you know, 13 points and they win every single game. You can't move the ball on them. And this now it's offensively. It's like they just go down and score. You can't stop Jackson. He's going to get outside. He's he can he's dialing in his deep ball a lot more uh, the past few weeks too. So it, it feels to me like this is a game that could just get away quick from Cleveland because they're reeling. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Ra- Ravens in this in this matchup. Yeah, we'll see how that one turns out. Pittsburgh Steelers at New York 
Jets. You are looking like <laughs> the the Duck Hodges offense. Uh, Jets plus two and a half. I know Pittsburgh's getting a lot of the the attention there after that four interception performance by by Duck Hodges and the Jets. I mean, look at the Jets. They got to play a similar style team defensively. I mean. You know, from the Ravens to the Steelers now. Both are physical. Both play the same style of D. Uh, boy, Sam Darnold. I I think I'm going to lean Pittsburgh here. I like the Jets. Do you? Yep. I like Put it the on Jets. the board. I like the Jets. Put it on the board. So we're going to have to disagree on that one. Okay. We'll see how that turns out. Yeah, Darnold, for me, I just think he's going to get pressured like no tomorrow. Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, Steelers safety. He's been lights out, turnovers. I mean, I think they can show. It just depends on the the offense. Can the offense, you know, keep drives in check and not turn the ball over? Let's, we'll see how that plays out. Bengals at Dolphins. Dolphins are favored by one and a half. I'll take the Dolphins there. Oh, yeah, please. <laughs> the dolphin, if the dolphins, yeah, I know. Again, I know that Mixon's been hot, but the Bengals are just an absolute dumpster fire. Disaster. The dolphins, the dolphins were at the beginning of the season, but once they settled on Fitzpatrick, somehow, I, you know, he, he will. I think he has another good game in him, and this is it. There you go. Yeah, and, he's, he's and if good. I was playing in the championship game in that one league, uh, I would have substituted. I, I I picked Fitzpatrick up way back in week twelve, just for this week, if I was in the championship game. Yeah, good pick. But alas, I'm not in it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm going Dolphins. All right, you are looking live. The Jacksonville Jaguars. At the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons are favored by seven and a half. And I do like Atlanta there. They're they're hot. They're coming off a big win against the Niners. Albeit, you know, a goal line instant replay decision. But they're picking up a little steam. They're the offense is looking like the Falcons offense that we know and love with Julio Jones and involved in the and the Jags, they're not the same defense anymore. So I I'm gonna go Atlanta there for sure. Especially at home yeah, in I the like- dome. Yeah, I like Atlanta here. I, um, I do. Yeah, I I don't see why they can't get it done this week. And you're higher on Minshew than I am. Oh uh, yeah, I do like him just for fantasy purposes this week. I think he can he can get it done. We will see. Shark is the, you know, I, I'd like to see him in the lineup, but we'll just out of the walking boot. It's hard to say if he's going to be ready. He's planting and cutting and making moves per coach. So see how that plays out. And then to the AFC West. You are looking live. The Raiders and the Chargers. That used to be a really good rivalry. Yep. That was more of the underrated nasty ones. That was a really good one. The Chargers are favored six and a half over Oakland. I can't see anything out of Oakland. I mean, they're especially they're they're going away game, you know, at the at the stadium there, and they just yep. didn't even show up. So I'm gonna go. Char- I'm gonna lock in Chargers. I mean, I know they're gonna Gruden's gonna light them up, work them hard in practice. But the Chargers, defensively, I just I like them so much better. 
Yeah, I like L.A. here. And two. You are looking live. The Detroit Lions at Denver Broncos. Could be a weather game, hard to say, but uh, Broncos are favored by six and a half, and I will roll with the Broncos there, too. Yeah, and I, and I like the Broncos. It's, mm-hmm. it's interesting you say that. Uh, you know, the only time I like the Lions is on Thanksgiving Day. The rest of the, and that's that's pretty much my whole adult life. Yeah. <laughs> otherwise, much. otherwise the Lions, I have no interest, but uh, except on Thanksgiving Day, and uh, this year was no exception. But I think Denver. Uh, uh, and, and by the way, Locke, their quarterback. Keep an eye on him for next year. Yes, and Dynasty too. Yeah, he's he's looking good, and and the, I think the Lions have just all but given up here this season defensively. They just they just look completely checked out. So I'm you know there's no reason I don't I don't think Denver they should be able to get that done at home, especially in Denver, mile high, absolutely. And we'll go to the NFC East and take a look at the Cowboys and the Eagles. For the NFC East playoff berth, hopefully here one of these teams is going to do something. And the Eagles are plus two and a half. I'm definitely going Cowboys. We talked about Gallup earlier. And just offensively, that last game they were on fire for whatever reason. Maybe that Jerry Jones and all the disarray that's happened the past two weeks has lit the fire under their asses. And now they're they're ready to make a run. And I, I kind of believe it. I'd like to see... I'd like to see him put a stamp on it this week to really make me believe it, <laughs> but I'll take him this week for the plus two and a half. Um, I'm taking the Eagles. Eagles. Uh huh. All right, we got to mark these down. We got to mark the tape. Eagles. <laughs> well, Eagles so far, and Jets. It's going to be real easy to remember the two. The two that we disagreed on were the two teams that wear green: Jets and the Eagles. Yep. So I, I, um, maybe it's cause I need the Eagles to win. Uh, but, uh, I think the Eagles are going to win this game. Oh, let the record show. All right. We'll, we'll visit that on Twitter. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> and the desert heat Cardinals at mm-hmm. Seahawks. Seahawks are favored by nine and a half. Good God. They're going to cover. I think they could do that. I know they're going to call touchdown, a field goal. Absolutely. I, I don't, I don't know what the Cardinal Cardinals management is thinking most of the time. Uh, I don't even know if the same guys run the team from before, like when the Bidwells were running it, but Cliff Kingsbury, really? Yeah. I mean, seriously, uh, but the Seahawks in the cover. We'll take the Hawks and the Chiefs and Bears Sunday night. It'll be a pretty good game. Uh, Bears are plus four and a half. Give me the Chiefs all day. Absolutely. In this game, it's got to be the Chiefs. It's got to be. The, the, if the Chiefs lose this game, then they're going to really have to do a lot Yo! of soul searching. Uh, but Lock there's something about Andy Reid that, that, that he's going to tell his boys. Uh, you know, the Bears' defense isn't what it was last year. They can be had. Uh, just play our game, and we're going to win. And I have no idea who he's going to roll out at running back. 
But, yeah, that's uh, a mess. That's a mess in the backfield there. It'd probably be McCoy. I don't know. Williams should be coming back, but he's he could not show up. It's it's a it's hard to say for that running but back. But in committee. any event, in any event, the Chiefs. You know what? If if <laughs> if Mahomes has to run a little bit like he did last year, then he will. Yeah, he can get it done. He can get it done with his legs. And the Monday night matchup, God, I wish this game was on Sunday night or Thursday. Dealing with ESPN, Booger, and Tess. Good God. If you if you don't like the Monday night and booth, which I don't and many people don't, you need to go on either I think it's you can link through Twitter at mm-hmm. Westwood One. And I think you can pick your I, I pick like your region. Find mm-hmm. the AM station or stream it off of the Westwood One site and then hit pause on your DVR and sync it up. And I'm telling you, it's well worth the five to ten minutes you'll spend messing around with getting it dialed in. But just do it. It's so worth it not to hear them. If you can catch it on local radio or something, there's a lot of good links for Wisconsin. The 620 TMJ usually streams that you can get that, run that through the speakers or something too. Larry McCarron and... um. Oh yeah, isn't Wayne isn't is is Wayne Laravie is yep. Wayne Laravie there? Yeah, that's he's, the team. He's the he's the second best radio play-by-play guy in the entire NFL. I behind, love to them. Behind our guy uh, Merrill Reese, who's been with one team longer than anybody. Yeah, uh, good 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 commentary <clears throat> there. Wayne Laravie. Uh, in his heyday, when he was the the Bears announcer, yeah, oh my God, uh, yeah, uh, you, folks, this is good advice that you're getting from Frank B here, uh, <laughs> because Joe Tessitore must have dirty pictures of somebody. He's got I a- mean, I I I used to think that he had some partners in the various things that he has done with ESP, ESPN that have dragged him into the toilet. Uh, Look, I don't wish ill health on anybody, but when Matt Millen was his partner on the college games, Matt Millen was is to me is every bit as bad a, a football uh, game analyst that he was as a general manager, uh, and it really tarnished his playing uh, career because he had an excellent playing career yeah. um, at both Penn State and in the NFL. Uh, but and, and also when he does the boxing with this Teddy Atlas. Teddy Atlas might be one of the hardest listens in, in the entire world if you listen to ESPN's boxing and Tessator. Uh, uh, See um, now, I I never, I honestly never knew Tessator did boxing. I'm flipping through the channels the other night, and I whatever match caught my eye. I, I'm not right. into boxing anymore. I was in the '80s and then '90s, and then I kind of dropped out of it and did UFC. But the uh, yeah, I heard Tess on the boxing, and I'm. I'm like, okay, let's let's listen to his delivery, his shtick, whatever mm-hmm. you want to say in the boxing, and it mimics the football to the T, and that's why I feel like when he's calling an NFL game, I feel like I'm watching wrestling, WWE, boxing. That's how I've always told people I felt, and I never knew that he did the boxing. And he then did, when he, I actually yeah. saw the boxing, I'm like, that that's exactly. I, I have the same feeling, but when I watch boxing. And I hear his voice. It's like, I don't like it, but it goes with the boxing. It goes with the big punch right in the face. 
you know, Tessator gets all jacked up on a, a first down catch in the middle of the first quarter for five yards like it was the last, you know, walk-off shot in the Super Bowl. It, it's crazy, man. Our top rope elbow off the cage, you know, and it's only like a basic play that's getting him down the field. Like, he he can't dial it back. He doesn't know when to go off. He doesn't know when to let the moment stay. It's just a, he's a mess, man. I, I, they got to do something with that crew, and you're right. He's He's got dirt on somebody The, the corporate, last two, there's no the, doubt. The last two play-by-play guys that they rolled out there, uh, after Tariko left were guys that they elevated from college. Uh, McDonough, who they put back on college, and Tessitore. They have so many better college play-by-play guys doing college on ESPN than either one of those two guys. Uh, but they've been there a long time, and I guess you know they might have earned the opportunity to do their Monday night game. But th- there's got to be other people out there that they can roll out there and uh mcfarlane you know uh there and the other thing is uh espn cbs and fox all have better analysts on their college games than mcfarlane does uh on the monday night game i mean it can't be that hard i mean cbs was able to take tony romo right out of the uh, football field and put him in the broadcast booth and he's excellent and i'll give you another name greg olson yeah, i he was good i had greg olson on on one of my fantasy teams this year okay and then i'm listening to the uh red zone one sunday afternoon and i noticed that on this game the game analyst for fox was greg olson and i went on twitter and i said geez, I'm supposed to know what the hell I'm doing in fantasy football, (laughs) and I'm carrying a guy that's retired on one of my rosters because I'm watching uh, one of these games, and Greg Olson is the analyst. And then everybody said, oh, no, 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 don't worry about it. The Panthers are on a bye this week, and Fox has done that two years in a row. They put Greg Olson out there when the Panthers was on a bye. Well, let me tell you what. Considering he's still an active player, he is very much better than Jason Witten was. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, 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 and I don't know if he's contracted to Fox or what, but I got news for you. If, if ESPN is looking to upgrade their booth on Monday night, they could do a lot worse than Greg Olson if he retires. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. But, so, I mean, we could, you and I could spend a whole other episode in the offseason talking about uh, football announcers. Oh, yeah. Uh, I love but, the – and the reporters, the broadcasters, all that stuff. I, I don't know why I'm a nerd on that stuff. But, yeah, Vikings, Packers, <laughs> in the dome, did, at the ship. And the the Vikings are favored by four and a half. What did you think of that spread? I, I know it's early yet, but – It's because they're change. home. Because yeah, they're home. Even with Cousins – Monday night record? Good. It seems too much for me. I'd, I'd expect a three, and that's it or something, or a lot closer than that. But I got to go Green Bay on this one. I know Dalvin Cook, if he's playing, or any of the run game, they're going to get run on. Packers look good against uh, Montgomery and the Bears, but they kind of let that run into Trubisky's hands, trying to get him to win that game last week once they got out to the lead. I think it's kind of a similar game script, but Minnesota's tough. Playing in Minnesota's tough at that that stadium, no doubt, U.S. Bank Stadium. So I think uh, Cousins is his typical self on Monday night. 
but they're going to have to focus efforts around the run game to keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. Hopefully Green Bay comes out firing and in sync, in rhythm, and if they are, I think that game could go they could go up quick. If not, if they're, you know, three and out, they don't get down on the Green Bay's been a team that scores a lot their opening drive. I think they're like top 5 or something. They said so if they can get out to a lead, put some points on the board, take the crowd out of it, uh, they got a much better chance, but Vikings always play them tough and that's a good it's probably the the rivalry for the north for the Packers. I mean, Bears Packers, yes, of course. They it's a big rivalry, but the Vikings is the the nastier of the two. So, this will be a good game. I'm going to go the Green Bay Packers. For Don't the legal sleep limit. Don't sleep on Green Bay's linebackers. Uh, they have some good linebackers now. Yeah. Uh, and with the Vikings running game a little bit in disarray, uh, with um, Thielen kind of being banged up most of the year, uh, with Diggs, who to me is, is a stud wide receiver, but he's been woefully inconsistent. I mean, we didn't even bring his name up earlier. Uh, I like Green Bay on the road uh, to win and to cover the whole nine yards. All right. Well, there you go. That's the, the slate of games right there. So we disagreed on two teams in green. Uh, I, yeah, I got the Jets. You, I got the Jets. You got Pittsburgh. I got the Eagles. You got Dallas. Otherwise across the board, we're in agreement. Uh, teams like Denver, Seattle, uh, green Bay. I think, uh, Kansas City, where I think we're uh, in accord in most of the slate this weekend. All righty. Well, that'll wrap up the Week 16 podcast. And as always, thank you very much for listening, supporting the show. Drop a comment, share the episode, hit us up on Twitter. If there's anything you want to hear on the show, and that's at Mitch Zimmer 2020 and at Fantasy Wire. HQ talk about the games this week. Good luck to everyone this week in the championship game. I appreciate you listening to the episode and for all of your support. And when the players go sideways or opposite, hashtag it because fantasy. Put a gif on there. Have a good laugh. It's all for good fun. But my God, win the trophy. Get that money. Win this week. Get it done. That's right. Because if you're not first, you're last. That's right. So thanks for. Tune in this season. We appreciate you, and we will see you next time.